in the discourse on mindfulness, saying mindfulness is something that's established, set up. It's a conditioned thing, conditioned quality, quality of uh, bringing yourself, bringing the uh, attention, bearing attention, bringing attention onto an object. bearing something in mind instead of reacting to it or forming things out of it speculating about it, analysing it reacting to it so forth, just bearing it in mind taking taking it in it's a function of mindfulness it's the kind of something that um, it's the tens, the witnessing something associated with the energy of the thought faculty no, it's not uh, about thinking but it's, it comes from that particular place we setting it up with um, and then it says uh, withdrawn from dejection or hankering with regards to the world covetousness and grief with regard to the world or so basically the ups and downs getting stuck in the world the world in the Buddhist analysis is the world of the, of the senses so it's a sense of of um, recognising the pull and coming into a, a mindfulness that's separate from that from that pull, the sense world, sights and sounds, so forth, what uh, normally in contact we get a lot of reactions and we imagine and we expect and we uh, want and we don't want, these kinds of imaginings imaging, forming imaginings and then the practice is one of, of um, bringing mindfulness, this quality to bear into the, into the body breathing in, breathing out this is how the discourse begins just doing that, it's kind of settling into the presence of the body so we're not imaginings, we're not uh, looking into tactile sensations so much as just the presence, presence of the body and this takes you into the, what I would call the subtle body or the body's field, the body's energies because if you're coming away from the uh, sense contact you know from just being in the body as something where you're touching handling um, you know being pleased by sensations then you know you're coming into a different aspect of body you say the, the body's energy which you feel very much when you're breathing in and out you feel this swelling and uh, like, almost like an ocean of 
of energies moving as you breathe in and breathe out. So there's nothing that ref- that uh, pinpointed about this. So I think just to be to bear in mind that uh, we're not trying to really you know, screw the mind up into a very refined uh, pinpoint so much as just the particular subtlety of uh, contact, just the shift away. Mm something rhythmic, something actually is not not that far away for us, the Buddha giving us something we can manage, breathing in, breathing out. Because this is actually the the sign that we will, uh, we come to, we tend to gravitate towards that. It, it, measure, it measures our it moves in feeling. So when you you want to relax, you have call it having a breather. You breathe out, oh. and then when you you're kind of trying to gather energy, you take a deep breath. You breathe in and you prepare for something. You breathe out and you relax. It's a very obvious thing. And when we calm down. You know, we get with our breathing and we feel our breathing start to settle. We feel calm. So it very much is associated with the the moods of the mind. So the way the breathing rhythm is what connects the body to the what we call the the effective mind or the heart, the chitta, calms it, steadies it. So it's something that is very beneficial in that way. You have the body field which more or less this body energy tells you where you are. It's that particular Quality when you want to know where you are, you know, intimately, you come into your body. You do this when you're frightened. Oh, you know, if you lose that, and then you come, oh, right, here I am, okay, I'm okay. You know, standing on the ground, I'm all right. Somebody's losing it, you kind of touch them, put your hand on their shoulder or something like that, so it gets them into their body again. Mm. Because then you oh you feel more reassured, so it's, uh, it tells you where you are. You need to know where you are. Some sense of presence, call it presence. When we feel uh, threatened, frightened, that we something is wants more of that presence. When we feel angry, we tighten up a lot. That presence becomes very solid and heavy, aggressive. Mm. When we feel depressed, we lose it. We feel confused, we lose where we are. So it does. It's a, a way of just keep you keep coming back to where you are, away from the imaginings of uh, fear, or anger, or craving, or the future or the past. So then you feel settled again kind of basic meditation theme, isn't it? Coming into presence. It's the body is the presence. It's not something else other than that. Because it doesn't have, you know, teeth and hair doesn't mean it isn't the body. 
It's the body's energy, a subtle form. And it has uh, uh, sense itself both inter, both, we might say, purely in itself internally, feel that sense of a center, and then you also feel the sense of a periphery. Yeah, the body is aware of something that it's within. It's not even, uh, not even defining what we're in, we just have that sense of there's an around us. If the around us feels okay and our body really knows that, we feel comfortable again. If around us doesn't feel okay, one reason or another, we don't settle, we feel restless, tense, contracted. So sometimes the imaginings of the mind, something imagines things are not okay or remembers things weren't okay and it's just got stuck in that so we don't feel really settled, we feel something lacking or needed or something we've got to protect ourselves against because the mental imaginings, because the heart is associated with the body, then what goes on in the heart tends to affect the body. So if the heart has these imaginings, you get a body effect of it. So that, you know, this is this story of karma, isn't it? Feeling unwelcome, feeling nervous, feeling unloved, feeling, you know, where is this? And yet it's a, it's a powerful experience. So, you know, we, when we come into bodily presence, then you start to actually really feel, you know, down your back, around your face, your eyes. So that all of it feels, yeah, it's really okay here. So, as I'm saying, this is not not just hammering away at one particular point, but feeling the whole of the body, and particularly with reference to the breathing. As the breathing is this continual reassuring presence, internal presence. So as you're breathing it out, you feel your face. Obviously you're not using the face, face for respiration, but you can sense that, your skin and your face as you breathe in and out, and you're just bringing those two together, those impressions together. The whole body senses the shift of energy as you breathe in and breathe out. Your face brightens up. Feel something. Nerves tingle. So that the breathing remains a kind of reassuring presence, something that's okay. It's where you want to make it, let it be comfortable. Don't try to make it into anything. Don't try to concentrate on it in a way that overlooks the pleasantness of it. If you're always trying to get it together, you don't actually appreciate the pleasantness, the comfortable quality of it. So don't worry about it not being that, you know, crystal clear, just even a vague feeling. And you use the power of the 
of the thinking mind to just keep reminding yourself where is it? where am I? how is it? like that how is it? this point so you have the body energies and then the heart energies which are where you experience the sense of uh, uh, you begin to pick up the sense of ease or dis-ease joy, sadness and you're tuning that effective empathic sense into being present into the flow of it into the free energy of it tuning it into the space that we're in which is free from obstruction or intrusion or hindrance pick up the ease of that Mm. sometimes just you know just picking that up helps you to breathe because you can relax looking for the comforting signs Uh, yes. so you have this body, heart and then chitta, the effective sense and then the th- third is the mano faculty the, th- the conceiving sense which is where wisdom arises it's a sort of synthesis the witness, the watcher the looking that which can comprehend and steer this, it's that, it's this, it's objective, something like that. So it's the thing that supervises. But of course, there's there's a correct and incorrect supervision. Incorrect supervision is when we're actually continuing to being steered in accordance with imaginings, ejection, fear, worry, restlessness, lack of connection, lack of presence. So that the the steersman is confused the pilot is drunk crazy, frightened so he can't really steer so you've got to have something to, to get the steering right so you're tending to presence of the body comfort in terms of the heart ease and comfort gladness in terms of the heart and then the, oh right you know, that helps to clear uh, the, the, th- the thinking mind got something that we can trust and begin to get a reading on so these three forms body tells you where you are the heart tells you how you are and your your head tells you uh, what to do about it how is it gives you a synthesis, a readout on that says it's okay, steady feels agitated it's the knowing there's no other we don't have anything other than that there isn't some kind of fourth dimension but um, the transcendent, nirvana, the deathless, or whatever, 
you want to call it, is arrived at through the gradual clearing of these subtle fields, bringing them into unity, and the clearing of the imaginings and the traces and the residues. So then there's Nibbana is the ceasing of all those agitations and drives and confusions and so forth, the stopping of all that. The deathless is the revelation of the unperturbed or the, the clear, the clarity. The, so there's something, but it's not, it's not a sense. It's not something that occurs through the sense contact. It's not an idea. In this, as the Buddha this says, in this body with its consciousness and perceptions, its imaginings and feelings, in this very body with its consciousness and perceptions is the arising of the world, the passing of the world, and the way there too, to the end of suffering. So it's in this, it's nowhere else. The, this fathom-long body, with all those kinds of the subtle, you could say the subtle energy field of the body, where we can feel those waves and the losses and the, you know, of the heart. Where it all, this is where you know, you begin to see where you, where you, you begin to understand what you were born, why you were born. <laughs> As well, often the case in when people um, go into meditation more more fully, these strange disturbances come up that are not really associated with anything in the apparent sensed world. Sometimes memories or funny energies or sicknesses or um, you know flashbacks of various kinds. Where's that? It's in this um, this field. We're in this field of 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 energy that contains karma, contains all the waves of karma, all the residues, and all the energies that are trying to make something and have something and get somewhere it's all it's all in that so it's within this that you you work so why we focus here to end birth to end death you end it those waves and drives residues and hankerings and cravings fears and so forth you, you can perceive in this particular realm, the subtle causal realm that's driving one onwards. This occurs, this clearing occurs when these three energies can combine, when the mind or the, the conceiver, the witness, the heart, the empathic, the affected, and the body, the presence, when they would kind of come together, then you're actually with the whole bit of it. You're not witnessing something that's just uh, 
irrelevant. You're really witnessing and working with your source of cause and effect, your own karmic repository. Mm. The bringing the three together is called samadhi, unification. Those three is called samadhi, concentration or unification of heart and mind in this in this very body. So the first um, level of difficulties, obstructions we work with are just those obstructions that take us out or prevent us from entering this unity, from really getting to the to the business. You know, from really getting into the what we need into our kind of karmic storehouse. You know? So some of this stuff is just really always throwing one out. You know? And so these are the where the waves that the disturbances are, are gross so that you, you keep lo- losing presence. You know? So that Actually, it's a losing where you are, losing presence. So one is spun out. That's the gross level of hindrances. And as we come through those, we come to the subtler level where you're able to be with it, but it's waving and pushing, but you're able to stay present with it. And you gradually work from the gross level to the subtle level until you clean these waves or um, clarify the whole field. So the first level of hindrances are when we are uh, losing, losing presence. Very often this is just losing, losing the body. Losing bodily presence. So through these imaginings Obscurations, obvious things like dullness, restlessness, kind of remembering, sensed object desire, craving, ill will, negativity. Wavering, doubt uncertainty, lack of real ability to just go in there, just just go in there, something kind of, if I should, I could, I can't, is it this, is it that, what way should I do it, maybe, but perhaps it should be this way, it could be that way, or do I really need to, or maybe something, you know, just go in there, you know, doubt. So the, the, when we have these kinds of uh, experiences, you know, the, the fundamental basis of the clearing is just to say, well, where, I, where am I with this? Where is this? Who is this happening to? This kind of question. Feeling dull? Well, where do you feel dull? Where is it? You know, you feel in your head, your eyes, your hands, your feet belly, you're trying to detect the 
physical basis of that, the bodily basis of that. If you're restless, what what feels restless? Where does it where where are you with that? And you're looking both of that and also where is it not? So you're trying to find some places where you can actually establish a clear attention. Could be the palms of the hands, could be the spinal axis, the the skeleton of the body, the obvious, firmest, most uh, grounded aspects of your body. You're feeling uh, nervous or fright anxious, then just the breathing in, breathing out. Can be that that aspect of body that gives you a sense of uh, steadiness and okayness and comfort. So that's that. So where is it? Finding the body. Finding the body. Finding the body. Finding the comfortable bodily sign, the grounding bodily sign. With you settled, when the heart settles down, it, once the heart, when the heart settles, whenever it settles, there's that kind of weaning from these imaginings, from that whole f- that whole field of imagining. So it's actually much more profound than just clearing a specific hindrance. Yeah, it's not just about not being angry or greedy, and being nice instead. No, it's not just about, it's about understanding the whole field of imagination, the virtual realities within which we can dwell all the time. Reading, considering, planning, watching TV, remembering, so forth, just out in that, that that becomes something that we've actually grown more used to than, than real, intimate, specific presence. So you've got to kind of wean the mind from that, from the speculations and the uh, what what you've heard or thought. You, know. you begin to see that as long as you stay in that, as long as the mind keeps attending to that, it never finds any rock-solid presence. There's a sense of real independence, the need to differentiate. So, in a way, it's a, there's a certain sense which the body is something that stands apart from imaginings. We need to do that. We need to not feel kind of antisocial by just being in ourselves. Because we, you need to kind of know for yourself what you really, where real presence is. So often the social world is just that which is playing with imaginings, you know, playing, joking, fondling, passing around uh, fantasies, imaginings, possibilities, topics about what should and could and ought and might and will and won't and what she is and he is and they are and so forth, you know, all these kind of virtual things. Uh, for entertainment, amusement, something to do. Even, you know, 
in monastic life where you thought you'd try to, to you really there's uh, quite a lot of that is eliminated still you know when when we get together quite a lot of it talk about what somebody else is doing somewhere else <laughs> you know yeah, the, the, the grapevine and the gossip about what this Ajahn's got going for him or what the kind of sins or errors of other places it's a kind of social habit we have. Yeah. And what else is there to talk about? <laughs> and yet, so it gets to be a habit, but then you realise within that, there's all the kind of level of, of hindrance feeds upon all that, because there's no real presence in that. So where are you? You know, where, at any particular moment, where am I? If, if I'm, you know, light-hearted or that's okay. You know. But just to really have that sense of, of where one is, what right speech is about. The very quality of rightness is this sense of presence and balance. So you're able to then, from that present, you're able to moderate, check, you know, the skillfulness or unskillfulness about what you're saying at any particular time, what you're doing at any particular time, because is it taking you out of presence? Are you losing yourself in it? This is what right means. It's not a, you know, moralizing set of standards, but a real intuitive sense of, no, I'm, no, I'm out of line there. I'm not really with anything there. I'm just spinning out, playing games, one kind or another. So everything really, whole cultivation of of eightfold path is towards this sense of what's skillful, what's unskillful. That which actually keeps you intact, keeps you present. So you're able to even to monitor the happiness, the unhappiness, the movements of passion or dread or whatever it is. And okay, it's that. You know. So at least we're not spun out on it. You get spun out on it. It's fun for a while, but sooner or later, the skid crash. And, uh, you know, the joke that didn't go down too well. (laughs) Spin, crash. (laughs) The playful remark that gets repeated, but, you know, in the wrong circumstances or something of this nature. So, you know, so all our life really training is about establishing the present so that we're not, we're curtailing hindrances, we're not actually giving them more room to play with, and we're beginning to draw the ground away from them. This is the, so what's called Manasikara, you only saw Manasikara, is this kind of wise attention that, that is active, it keeps surveilling, supervising, who, where am I, what is it, where is it now? Mm. And it, it curtails the imaginings of um, what I could be, who I was, what I should be, it's coming to direct presence. And then you bear that presence in mind. So, that, so Manasikara, Yonisa Manasikara prepares the ground 
you know, so it's, sort of, it's not that, no, that's no, just, that's not that, this, this is it, this is where you're present, then mindfulness sits on that. So, wise attention acts as the preparation for mindfulness. It's don't go into all that ups and downs of the world, go into this, you know, you come into the presence, where am I? We do this in our daily life, courage to do this in a daily life you know you look at the food for the meal you know and the mind can spin out to the imaginings that get stimulated by sights and impressions and perceptions where am I what do I actually need you know you sit down look at look into the bowl look at this particular visual impression of these colored objects you can see with your eyes see what it does uh-huh. Yeah, but that's just the visual impression, isn't it? You can't eat a visual impression. A visual impression is not going to sustain anybody. It's just the visual impression. <laughs> so now what do you do? You know, you pick up your spoon and you cook, you know, and you keep in com- contact with what your body actually needs. So that's wise attention. You bear the right thing in mind. That's, you, that's, your on- that's the ongoing cultivation see the field of imaginings with its pull and its songs and its cries and its pangs mm-hmm. yeah but okay but this is where this is this is where I am now and the field is not continually broken up Some of the imaginings are fearful, negative. They're barely, perhaps not even um, verbalized or just sort of hovering. Sense of, don't feel really settled or comfortable. What, what, where's that? And so there are subtler, subtler qualities of that. You know, we can... Uh, and then the, when it becomes a coarse hindrance, then it's somebody else's. You know, if you don't like somebody else or their manners or their style or their actions, then the, you know, that's when it gets coarse and you lose yourself because you, you think that it's the other person or the weather or what this food or whatever it is. Then mm. you've really spun out again. Well, when we're, so when we establish, uh, we actually use the wise attention to, to come back into, you know, these waves in their subtler forms, where at least you're, you're kind of aware of them in your, in your own field, as it were, feeling the, the, the reaching out or the sinking back or the tightening up or the constricting or the spinning. Hmm? The losses, the, the the hungry spaces, the frozen out senses, wherever they are, you know, and it's that 
coming to the body with that how is this in the body breathing in, breathing out may I be well may there be allow, you know, may I receive well-being with this so mm-hmm. and in the process of, of that we may find that particular areas in your body hold different impressions you know, it may feel up in your chest, some people hold quite a lot of tension in their chest and this is um, say, you know maybe about uh, you know, grief or anger or things of this nature it's a relational experience sometimes when it comes it seems to be in terms of what's around me you know, don't feel I can really open up into what's around me so practice with that coming up to the skin feeling out the textures breathing out through the skin breathing in, breathing out feeling that you yourself welcome here so you just kind of move around the whole body checking out how is how is the the sign, the relaxing sign, the comfortable sign. How is it? How is it in this particular place? How is the breathing here? How is it there? How do I know it's happening here? Kind of like like that. When do I lose it? When is it lost? And when you when you loop when it's lost, it it is does get lost. Then rather than um, you know that react. Just notice and pause. Then even how do you know it you've lost it? So even losing it isn't really losing it. Because you know you've lost it. <laughs> oh, how do I know? What, what is the what is this other world like? This world of the imaginings, the spinning, sinking, freezing, throat tight. Oh. Where's my body in this? Because this is still actually, you know, it's it's present, even though you know it's dis- though it's not unified. This isn't samadhi. It's not a unified state, but still, it's happening in your in your own karmic field. So, where is this now? Where's the breathing now? And that's that's. That's the practice, because once you come into that, then you are bringing the mind and the heart and the body together again. So though you're you're, uh, witnessing mind can lose it, can lose what it's supposed to be witnessing, and your effective heart can just get swung out on imaginings and impressions, your body doesn't actually lose it. That's why it's the most reliable. It's still here. If you just ask it, where are you? You, you? you come within that. And it acts as the kind of magnet that pulls the others together. Pulls the heart back. Pulls the mind. You don't have to push it back with your thinking mind. You just let your body, has it got a natural 
kind of gravity that just pulls it back. You just, if you ask it, if you, if you, um, you know, speak to it. Where is it? Oh, here it is. So you pulls you back in again. So this is why it's both a kind of application, but it's not trying in the normal way in which we understand it. Normally our trying comes from our heads, trying to figure it, get it right, work out how to do it. That's the bit, that's where it gets frustrating, because the more you try, then the more you over-energize the head, and it's never really in touch with the body, it just spins off into, tr- into a trying state, it becomes a kind of little contracted um, world of its own. Yeah. Trying to be mindful. What's that? That's worry, isn't it? That's doubt, isn't it? That's frustration, isn't it? And then with that, the sense of can't do it because it doesn't feel right. Because you're not, the presence isn't there anymore. We're just in the presence of our, of our heads, affected by, and then affected by these moods. So you don't try, and yet there is application. The application is like a question: Well, where, where's that? Where am I now? Where is that now? You relax. You relax out of the contracted spin, out of the virtual, imagined, created, concocted. You relax the imagining, the concocted, and come back to the present. So, yeah, you could say it's effort. It's an application. And yet the sign of it is a kind of acknowledgement there's no bitterness or negativity about that or blaming about that because that's just more imaginings and you relax back into, into, into the body presence. Then it's possible to use the, um, the subtle energy of the body to further um, ease, clear, and uh, soothe these uh, karmic impressions. Mm. But the first, mm. just being able to sustain, learn the real or the present from the imagined in sitting, standing, walking, reclining, eating, moving around. So, sitting meditation, walking meditation, walking meditation. Um, again, it's not necessary to get that refined a point, say in your feet. The instructions that the Buddha gives on walking meditation is to walk in meditation in order to clear that which should be cleared. So, not, not too specific, is it? Yeah, it's, it's right on the mark, actually. 
clear that which needs to be cleared. So as you're moving along, walking along, you can feel the presence of your body, relaxing your arms, relaxing your shoulders, relaxing your eyes. It's really coming into your centeredness with that. Don't try tighten up. Just ask yourself, how does the body walk? Just let it do the walking. How does the body walk when it feels comfortable, when it feels at ease? It's not a stiff, rigid, marching kind of thing, is it? It's a flowing thing when you're feeling free and at ease. How do you walk? When you're feeling comfortable and unpressured, how do you walk? When you feel you've got all the time in the world with nothing bothering you, how do you walk? That's how you want to walk. Don't walk like you've got places to go and something to get to and something to arrive at and something to achieve and something to get done and something to make sure you're good at. What's that going to do? You know? So you see how, so you could call it walking meditation. It becomes something, oh right, this is, I'm going to make sure this, get good at this, get somewhere that thing. You know, how the thinking mind superimposes even his ideas of meditating. And it, then, you know, that concept of meditation, so often it's the thing that screws you, screws you up. Because immediately it's something, you know, you've got to do and it's specially refined and you should be good at it and get somewhere and arrive at some other state than where you are. So, you know, if that's the way you, that's what, when it, meditation is another imagination, get rid of it. Learn how the body walks when you feel comfortable. How you know you have a body, how you stay within it. How you can feel the centre of it, how you feel the skin, the periphery of it. How you feel the body meeting the space that you walk through, the space right in front of you. How you feel your back is at ease. How you feel your, your neck is straight, your eyes are not running out or trying to hold on, your eyes are loose and easy, compassionate, steady, peaceful. And then you, the more you stay in that, walking, standing, sitting, then the, the, then the steadier the whole process is going to get. And you clear that which needs to be cleared. 